Welcome to Above Avalon. This is episode 99, HomePod. Hi, I'm Neil. It's good to be back. It feels like it's been a while since we last talked. The schedule has been all over the place recently. Last week, I flew out to San Jose to attend WWDC. It is my expectation that the schedule is going to return to normal going forward, so fingers crossed that's going to happen. As a reminder, these podcast episodes are based off of the weekly articles published at AboveAvalon.com. This episode is going to be focused on WWDC, but we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to focus on one topic from this year's WWDC. For more information on my broader takeaways from the keynote, I'll talk about that at the end of the episode. For today, what we're going to do is talk about what I thought was the most intriguing new product at this year's WWDC. We're going to talk about the product that I think is most mischaracterized or misunderstood. Usually those are pretty good ingredients for a good podcast episode. A product that's intriguing and something that seems to be misunderstood in the marketplace. Of course, I'm talking about HomePod. Apple unveiled a brand new product category last week. It is a very big deal. The best place to begin talking about HomePod is to go over some of the expectations heading into this year's WWDC. And I think this is one reason why HomePod was so intriguing to me. Most people were expecting Apple to announce some kind of Siri speaker. That's how people were describing this product. There were a lot of rumors that Apple was going to do some kind of speaker in the home. We could actually go back to 2016 to see quite a few people, quite a few reporters saying, yeah, there's definitely something here. We're hearing something about a brand new product category. What happened was people looked at Amazon Echo. They looked at Google Home and they said, well, Apple must be coming out with a Me Too product to address those two products. And I always thought that was wrong. I thought that was an incorrect way of thinking about what Apple's trying to do here. The primary reason I thought that was when you look back at how Apple approaches new product categories, the solution usually is not just to copy what's in the marketplace and just put an Apple logo on it or take what's available elsewhere and just say, well, now you could do it with Siri. There's something else. There's, there's a new factor or a new variable that's driving the experience forward. And heading into this year's conference, it sure seemed like that wild factor had to do with sound. It had to do with the speaker system. There were a couple rumors that Apple was really not holding anything back here in terms of speaker quality. And that would certainly set HomePod apart from something like Amazon Echo or Google Home. So those were the expectations heading into last week's keynote. And again, if you look at the broader WWDC keynote, there really weren't too many leaks or rumors heading into this year's conference. I think that's one reason why it seemed like anticipation was at a whole new level this year versus 2016. Now, on the surface, this seems a little strange. Apple unveiled a stationary speaker that doesn't seem to match a company that recently launched Apple Watch, wireless AirPods. Those are products that form the foundation of a growing wearable strategy. How does a stationary speaker fit into that? Then you have people saying, well, this is a problem for Apple because a stationary speaker in the home, that must mean this is going to be based on voice assistance. And that must mean that Siri is going to be a very big part of this product. 
And the narrative right now is that Siri is very problematic. It's not as capable as other voice assistants. That doesn't sound like a good thing for Apple. I don't look at it the same way. I don't think HomePod is actually about Siri. Instead, I think HomePod is about augmented reality. I think HomePod will serve as the foundation for augmented hearing in the home. Now, in today's episode, we'll talk about that. What is augmented hearing? We'll go over a few examples, and we'll describe why I think this is really an augmented hearing device and not necessarily just about voice assistance. Now, technically speaking, HomePod is a smart speaker. However, I don't think that's the best way of describing this product. Instead, it's a computer. It, there's no question about it. It has a touchscreen on top. It has speakers, microphones. The device is powered by the same chip found in an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus. So what ends up happening here is we have an Apple chip turning HomePod into a computer. And I don't think it's just any computer. I think this is going to be the best sounding speaker that most people have ever owned. I think that is going to be the reason that people go out and buy HomePod. So that tells me that's where we need to really start looking at this device, the quality of the sound. I was able to listen to HomePod play a number of songs, and it was uh, positioned next to an Amazon Echo and a Sonos, a particular Sonos Play 3. And this was set in, I guess you could call it a living room situation. If you had closed your eyes and listened to all three of those devices, there is no comparison. There, there was nothing similar between HomePod and Amazon Echo. The Amazon Echo sounded like a cheap toy. Now, that's not too surprising because the Amazon Echo is not designed to be a great speaker. Interestingly, though, I think a lot of people probably do use it as a speaker, which is telling. But I have an Amazon Echo, and it's, it, it's, it's not a speaker. You're, you're not going to be using it to play great music, to play great sound. And when you're comparing HomePod to Amazon Echo, there is no comparison. Much to my surprise, I don't think there's any comparison between HomePod and Sonos. It sounded like Sonos had something wrong with it, to be quite frank. So the HomePod sound quality certainly was noteworthy. But what was also interesting was if you walked around the room, you could be standing to the side of a HomePod, and then you could be sitting in front of a HomePod, and you would actually get a very similar listening experience. And so I think of other speakers that I have, other stationary speakers that I currently own, it's clearly not like that. And I also was able to hear two HomePods playing simultaneously. And it's not just the music is louder, you actually get a different experience. It's a richer listening experience. I'm starting to think to myself, if you have an office or if you have a room in your house and you put two HomePods in two corners of that room, I think you're going to get something that's pretty remarkable in terms of a listening experience. This is why Apple's initially positioning HomePod as a great speaker for playing music because that's what it is. That's where the value is. Of course, it could do a few other things. And those other things bring up Siri. You could use Siri as a digital voice assistant. You can control various HomeKit-enabled devices around your house. Apple will very likely give Siri a particular set of capabilities out of the gate. It's not going to be as many as people hope. 
but it's going to be something. If you look at those quote-unquote other things, it sure seems similar to what you can do with Amazon Echo, Google Home. But what I think has been a problem here is people look at that and they're drawing a wrong conclusion. They're saying, well, wait a second. If that can really do the same thing as Amazon Echo or Google Home, HomePod really isn't that different after all. It's, it's just like all the other competing devices. And then if you consider that if Siri is not as capable for you, if you're not enjoying Siri as much as other voice assistants, then it would seem like HomePod is an inferior product to something like Amazon Echo or Google Home. But I don't think that's the right way of thinking about it. I think there's a lot of logic there that's not correct. And I think the entire situation is completely being misinterpreted. HomePod's value is not found with asking Siri for things. So if you're asking Siri for the weather, for news, for controlling the temperature, that's not really where the value is found with this device. Instead, it's found with the A8 chip. It's found with that chip that's formerly found in an iPhone. Well, now it's controlling a series of microphones and speakers. The reason that this is so important is that HomePod is capable of mapping the room that it's located in. And then based on that map, it will adjust its sound output. So what that means is you're going to be able to put this in a number of different areas in your room. So if you have a desk with a computer on it, you could place it around top of the desk. You could place it behind you in a bookcase or on a table. You can place it in front of you, to the side of you, in a corner. It's not that you're going to find that the sound really, well, you need to place it in this particular point in the room to get the best sound. Everywhere else, it sounds awful. That's just not the case. Now, of course, it's going to be very difficult for Apple to demo this in, say, an Apple retail store. So if anything, you may need a little bit of a word-of-mouth situation occur to really, truly understand what is happening here. Now, other products have done this in the past, but from what we understand at this point, HomePod's implementation is completely different. It is something where you're literally just plugging it into the wall for power, and that's it. So last week, once Apple announced HomePod and announced some of these capabilities, it got me thinking that here you have a device that is able to capture its surroundings, take that data, take that information, and then tailor an experience for the listener. That sure sounds like an augmented reality device. At first, that may seem a little bit crazy. How is a speaker an augmented reality device? Because usually, whenever the topic of augmented reality is discussed, we think of the visual world. We think of information that is placed on a screen or in front of us, and it augments the reality. It augments our environment around us. We see something like, AR kit for iPhone and iPad. Apple has officially begun its big AR push. But augmented reality can also apply to sound and hearing. And the reason is that there's a similarity here. In both cases, we are provided a stimulus. We are provided something that changes our perception of our surrounding environment. I'm referring to this as augmented hearing. And I think this is such a big deal because it begins to play 
in the realm of omnipresent computing, in which you place a device in a room, you forget about it, and you are given a type of computing experience throughout that room. I do not think it is a stretch to envision a time where you have HomePods positioned throughout the house. They are able to grab data from our surroundings. And then what they're doing is providing personalized feedback to a particular user in that home. How is that going to be possible? Signal processing, far field voice recognition. These are items that weren't demoed on stage last week, but I think maybe come September, we're going to hear a lot more about this. It's going to make it possible for an individual to respond or interact with HomePods in an environment where there's other people. I think that's a big deal. Now, if some of this sounds a little bit familiar in terms of augmented reality and speakers and microphones, we talked a little bit about this with wireless AirPods. We could be moving to a point where HomePod serves as sort of your indoor at-home answer for augmented hearing, while AirPods is a solution for when we are away from the home. This is why I'm considering HomePods and wireless AirPods as almost like siblings. I think there's a lot of similarity there that may not seem obvious at first. Now, you may be asking, well, I need a few more examples of this augmented hearing because it still seems like a foreign idea. A very easy example, or one that I think is very powerful and easy to explain, is that HomePod is going to be able to record and then copy the sound from one location or room and then replicate that sound in another room. And the reason why this is such a big deal is it's going to feel like we are in a completely different room even though we haven't changed our location. And so in the article over at AboveAvalon.com, I gave an example where an adult is able to speak to a child in another room just by talking regularly. So say you're sitting in front of a computer, you want to say something to your child or your sibling or whatever, your parent, just talk normally. Say, hey, John, how about this? And in that room where John is, he hears you like you're sitting next to him. Again, it's a little bit difficult to kind of get your hand around that, but I think that's a very powerful situation. And we just really, there's so many things that you can build off of that that we haven't even thought about. And in all of these examples that we're going through, what we're doing is we're beginning to redefine how we consume sound. We're reinventing sound in the home. I know usually when Apple says that, you kind of, you know, some people roll their eye like, oh, okay, reinvent sound in the home. I mean, how, how, lofty, of a, <laughs> how lofty of a marketing phrase can you be? But in reality, HomePod, if it's an augmented hearing device, I think that's actually somewhat true. Another example of augmented hearing would be if we have a room Let's call it a crowded room with a lot of people. Well, the HomePod can deliver sound directionally just so that we hear a particular sound. Let's say a phone call, a private chat with someone. We don't need to use headphones. But everyone else doesn't really hear that. You're talking about really the definition of sound being altered in a room. Notice how in all of these examples, we are relying on multiple HomePods, 
working together, communicating with each other. And what's happening is by doing that, they're increasing the value found with using the device. So I think it's going to be probably very difficult going forward to just buy one HomePod for the home. Instead, what Apple really wants you to do is buy multiple HomePods and start placing them throughout the home. And this brings us really to a, a broader view of HomePod. So if we take a step back, look at how this fits in with Apple's broader product strategy. It brings us back to the competitive tech landscape and how things are changing. We went into detail on this topic back in January, episode 87, Change is in the Air. So if you're interested in this new tech landscape, I would suggest taking the half hour or so, I believe it's maybe 45 minutes, and listening to that episode because we do go into quite a few details. In this episode, we're going to really just kind of skim over the major parts of this. If we had to sum up what's happening in tech, for the past few years, there has been a battle for our attention when using smartphones. And I think that's going to change. I think it's going to broaden. And there's going to be a type of land grab where companies are going to want control and access to the most valuable real estate in our life. That's, of course, our body, our car, another way of saying transportation, in our home. So I think HomePod is part of Apple's growing battle for our home. There are three factors that are guiding this new competitive landscape. Monitoring, intelligence, and personalization. So with monitoring, which is probably maybe the easiest one of this all, I think value is going to flow the devices and software that can monitor our day. It will monitor how we live our life. The intelligence part is, well, what are you going to do with all of that data? You need to take that data and then provide feedback to the user. And then we have personalization. I think the line between technology and fashion, it's going to become very blurry going forward. So when you look at HomePod, I think it plays in two of those areas, monitoring and intelligence. When it comes to HomePod right now, you're going to have mapping the room, which I think is important. But I think going forward, HomePod's going to be a very important tool for monitoring what we're saying. And then I think being able to take that data and then turning it into personalized feedback, that's where the intelligence part comes into play. If you're looking at the broader theme of the smart home, a lot of people have been writing articles saying Amazon has a lead. It's not going to lose it to Apple. Um, Google's also doing a lot in, in the smart home area. So Apple has its work cut out for it. I actually have a very particular view on smart homes. And I think we are at a very early point in this topic. I don't think a home will truly be smart until tech companies build their own housing. Until we get to a point where we can't tell between what's smart and what's non-smart, I think the term smart home really needs quotes. Because what we're really doing is just talking about the concept of controlling things that move. That's what a smart home is. And so when you look at the smart home battle, I think we're in the very early stage here. I think the HomePod has a lot of potential. 
especially when you start thinking of this concept of augmented hearing in the home. Of course, maybe the most important thing to talk about with Apple and this idea of a smart home is HomePod's not Apple's first product for the home. Apple has actually been selling Trojan horses known as iPhones, iPads, Apple Watches. These are mobile devices that are going to remain near us, in some cases, such as Apple Watch, on us when we are at home. This is why HomePod's not like Amazon Echo or Google Home. When you look at Amazon Echo and you look at Amazon's broader strategy for the home, they envision a world where we don't use smartphones, we don't use tablets, we don't use wearables. I just saw a video yesterday. Amazon's going to come out with a new device that you can stick on the front of your refrigerator. And then when you open up your refrigerator, you can scan barcodes, you can speak into it saying what you want. You could probably end up doing that very well with a smartphone, with a watch. Amazon's hardware strategy makes a lot more sense when you think of a world that there's, there's no smartphones, there's no tablets, you're not wearing Apple Watches. HomePod's different. I don't think Apple is envisioning that we put our iPhones away, we put our Apple Watches off, we don't, we don't use any of those devices. The iPad stays in the living room. Instead, what Apple's doing is they're pitching HomePod as a great music speaker. They are figuring we're going to use HomePod along with all of our other screens, all of our other devices. The HomePod's going to be about producing sound that is so great, it cannot be replicated by our iPhone, by our Apple Watch, or even our iMac. Personally, I can see a point where I have my iMac, and I'm just going to place a HomePod next to it. And it's going to serve as a speaker. It's going to be that much better than the speaker found with an iMac. So it's a completely different strategy for the home versus something like Amazon. Now, turning to pricing, there's always a very interesting debate around Apple product pricing. The HomePod is going to start at $349. Is that high? Is that low? Is that priced competitively or is that overpriced? Well, I don't think HomePod should be compared to something like Amazon Echo or Google Home. This really is just like comparing an iPod to generic MP3 players. I don't think that's right. Instead, I think HomePod should be compared to other dedicated speaker systems. So the Sonos Play 5 goes for $499. Sonos Play 3, $299. A Bose surround sound speaker system, $700, $1,000. I think that's where HomePod is playing when you're looking at pricing competition. For example, if you have a surround sound speaker system that sells for $1,000, for that price, you can buy three HomePods, place them in three corners of the room, and you're going to get a pretty interesting sound experience versus that surround sound speaker system. One final point I want to mention about price. If you're comparing HomePod to existing speakers in the marketplace, one has to consider what is powering HomePod, and that is that AA chip. 
So really what's happening here is it's like we're comparing wireless AirPods to just a regular pair of Bluetooth wireless headphones. Without that AA chip, I do think that existing speakers are at a severe disadvantage. And it really will become clear when you begin putting multiple HomePods together and when you're talking or communicating with your HomePod. And this is also where when you look at how existing speakers, they may claim to do some form of room mapping as it is. They may claim to have a particular sound experience for an individual. I just don't think those are going to compare. I don't think those features are going to compare to what is going to be found with HomePod. In a way, you can think about it as HomePod begins this process of really turning stationary speakers into computers. So that market is going to be in for quite a challenge going forward. Now, speaking of challenges, I do think it's important that we look at HomePod from the perspective of, you know, what are the risks here? What are the challenges facing Apple? As with any major new product category, ultimately Apple management is placing a few big bets with HomePod. Apple is basically selling a new idea to consumers, and this involves positioning stationary speakers throughout the home. That idea, it's a stretch, because when you look at the current state of standalone speakers, well, the market's pretty small. Most people are not going out and buying speakers and placing them in each room. So what Apple needs to do with HomePod is essentially change customer behavior. Apple needs to convince people to buy another set of speakers for the home. And the reason why I say another set is, well, look at TVs, iPhones, iPads. It's not that we don't have speakers in the home. The thing is, a lot of those speakers are mobile. And so what Apple's trying to do is say, well, there might be a need for stationary speakers. And the item that we think is really going to nail our point is when you start playing music on this device. When you start listening to this device, you're going to want to put this throughout the home. Now, of course, the other challenge that Apple faces is eventually convincing people that there's value attached to augmented hearing. You could also look at, well, Apple has that same goal of augmented reality for displays and for screens. The last point that we will make today has to do with the broader goal with HomePod. Apple likes to say that music is in its DNA. And so we point out iTunes, iPod, iPhone, wireless AirPods, Apple Music. These are Apple products tasked with rethinking how we consume music. Obviously, some of those products have been more successful than others. Now, one product that's not on that list is the iPod iFi. Apple actually did sell a standalone speaker in the past. It was back in 2006. It was only sold for 17 months. So if you're wondering how successful it was, 17 months isn't too long. It was a $349 standalone speaker. Now, there's a lot of key differences between that speaker from 11 years ago and HomePod. iPod Hi-Fi was meant to sell iPods and iTunes. The whole point was it was easy to connect an iPod to a great-sounding home stereo. Well, HomePod's given a much more ambitious goal. We are looking at Apple basically trying to reinvent sound in the home. 
So I don't really think there's a comparison there. In some ways, you can say that HomePod is tasked with redefining sound in the home, just like how iPod, iPhone, maybe even wireless earpods are redefining sound on the go. How do you do this? You talk about it as a great speaker. You talk about it how it can be a great speaker in your home that adds value to your existing Apple ecosystem. The other difference between the iPod, iFi, and the HomePod is that Apple is in a completely different place when it comes to audio engineering. We are talking about two completely different devices when you look at the insides. The addition of that A8 chip really does allow HomePod to do revolutionary things through speakers and microphones. We just did not see that 10 years ago. So to conclude, I think the writing is on the wall here. Apple wants to control as many speakers in our life as possible. They have a pretty good grip when we're talking about mobile speakers. But now what they want to do is go for the home. Apple's secret strategy for gaining a stronger foothold in the home is to control sound. That's going to do it for today's episode. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we talked about one topic from this year's WWDC. I published all of my thoughts and observations about the WWDC keynote for Above Avalon members. So there were two emails that I sent out. One was focused on the major themes. So these are the five topics that I think really jumped out at me as this is very clearly the big stuff from the keynote. One had to do with Apple Watch. Second was with the Mac. Third was with AR. Fourth was with iPad. And then the fifth was with HomePod. The following day, I then published my full notes from the keynote. So this is everything that I was thinking about from the keynote, maybe observations from particular slides, things that I said, well, maybe that's going to impact some of the financials, that's going to impact some of this or that. There were 36 different topics found in my full notes. So both of those emails were sent to Above Avalon members, and that really was my full WWDC reaction. So if you're interested in receiving that material, you can become a member There is an archive available so you can go back and access those notes. In addition, even though there wasn't a podcast episode the past couple weeks, I have been doing the daily emails for Above Avalon members, so we've been talking about various stories impacting Apple. These emails are the cornerstone of Above Avalon membership. And so if you enjoy these podcast episodes... If you enjoy those weekly articles over at AboveAvalon.com, I think you would be interested in also receiving these daily emails. Each one is 2,000 words. We talk about things that are impacting Apple. Some of them are news. Some of them are topics that I'm thinking about. And of course, we talk about Apple financials, keynotes like last week. All of that is included in those daily updates. So for more information on Above Avalon membership, And to become a member and access my WWDC review, you can head on over to AboveAvalon.com and go to the membership page. There are two options. It's either $10 per month or $100 per year. Sign up is very simple. You can do it on an iPhone, iPad, doesn't matter, any computer. 
Above Avalon is 100% supported by its members. So if you're a member, thank you for your support. And if you're thinking about becoming a member, welcome. I think you're going to have a very great time. With that, I will conclude today's episode. We'll talk to each other next week.